Hi, Pastor Adam here, and we are continuing our discussion today on what it means to be a son or daughter. We're going to be talking today about different ways that we can honor our parents and what that might look like. If that sounds like something you might be interested in, then this is the sermon for you. Okay, so we're going to continue our time in our disjointed month of August here. Just sort of continuing on, if you need a refresher, we're talking about, well, we've been talking about the different roles, specifically in the family. A couple months ago, Colin talked about marriage and how that should look and how we remain unified in our marriage. Last week, James, or last month rather, James talked about the role that parents have um, as caregivers and what that looks like in terms of solidarity, how we're to identify and own and better understand those roles so that we can be better you know, equipped and, and better servants in that way, how we are as caregivers. And then this month we spent week one talking about it, um, the reciprocal role, or sorry, the, the reverse role, how we understand our role as children to our parents, what we can identify with, how we can um, be better children, be better children to our parents, what we can expect from our own children as, as we become parents, and so on. So that was, that was week one, and we just briefly talked about that to open us up, and then of course we had to, we had to break. We had to break for our, our retreat, and so we didn't have a proper sermon. So today is going to be basically a part two of, of week one. It's going to be continuation of understanding what we were talking about in the first week of August when we were talking about obedience. So if you recall, we were talking about obedience and how we can better understand what that means as, as children to our parents. So, um, yeah, this is part two of that. Our question for today is going to be um, how we can show honor to our parents um, and how we can show that even when we're adults, how we can show it when we're kids, but also as we can show it as we're adults, and then comparing basically what that looks like in, in reference to obedience, and if there's distinctions there. So that's what today's going to be about, part two of the first week. So in both descriptions of this commandment where we're drawing this from, in both descriptions um, of, of this commandment found in Exodus and in Deuteronomy, God commands children to honor our father and mother, right? It's one of the, the pillars of who we're called to be as God's people, as set apart. We're called to honor our father and mother. And there's not a word about obedience to begin with in that commandment. It's honor your father and mother. Yet when we read the applications of the commandments, like we started to talk about in week one, as we read the applications of this commandment that's scattered throughout the Bible, we see obedience being a key component of the honor that we are to owe that we are to give our parents. So then this raises a question, as I just mentioned. Is obedience to parents, is that something that's permanent? Is it something that's temporary? Does honor always require obedience? If I want to honor my parents, do I need to continue obeying them throughout the life? Or should there be a shift somewhere? I think you might already know the answer on some level, and James talked about it when he was speaking. The relationship, it shifts at a certain time, and it takes on a different form. It takes on a new look. It takes on a new um, level of interaction. So to answer these questions, we need to figure out honor and obedience and how they 
work with each other, looking for what makes them similar and looking for the distinctions in them. So what the fifth commandment does not require is as important as what it does require. What it does not require is as important as what it does require. It doesn't say, as I just mentioned, obey your father and mother. It says honor them. Honor your father and mother. But as we know, as we spent time talking about, Scripture places great emphasis on the latter, on the obeying part. And that is, if you like, a child's primary role toward their parents is in learning what it looks like to be obedient kids to their parents and how they can in turn honor God in that process. We encounter the, the language of obedience in many interpretations and applications of the commandment, but it, we, as we dig deeper, we find something interesting. That the language, it comes in passages that's directed specifically to young children. To young children who are still dependent on their parents. When God was giving the commandments, he wasn't specifically addressing young children. But when we come to passages speaking to adult children, we find just the subtle language change. It has to do with honor of their parents. All children are... It takes the form of obedience. And this is why when Paul interprets this commandment and starts speaking about it in books in the first week, he says to the people that he's writing to, children, obey your parents. And he's specifically addressing the young people in the church that he's writing to. To remind you guys, obey me position above us. A position of authority to comply to their demands, to their requests. This is obedience. Art, you know, I talked about, I think, in the first week. It's a, cons- it's a sort of draws parallels to a type of sacrifice we're supposed to have. It's supposed to be a willing and happy sacrifice, not a begrudging obedience, not a begrudging sacrifice. I drew parallels about that. But obedience is a child's display of honor specifically. And parents are right to expect that, to expect obedience from their children. And children are right to show this type of honor to their parents through it. It's obedience to parents that trains children to be submissive to every other authority, including to God himself. It's where he first places us so that we can learn how to operate and interact with authority. First, we give it to our parents. We give this honor to our parents. And it's under the training and it's under the discipline of parents that children learn how to live orderly in this world. Remember I talked about the household is a microcosm of how we're supposed to go out in the world. We learn all kinds of things that we're supposed to take with us and apply to the world and apply to our interactions and our relationships with the world. And the, parents, the parent-child relationship is one of those things. And it has to do with how we interact with authority and what we learn in the household um, speaks into that. John MacArthur says, children who respect and obey their parents will build a society that is ordered, harmonious, and productive. A generation of undisciplined, disobedient children will produce a society that is chaotic and destructive. And we see some of that happening today. We talked about it in week one. Obedience in the home serves as a foundation for cultural obedience and order. And without it, without learning what that looks like, we have negative consequences as we go out into the world. 
but as it pertains to the relationship, it's meant to be temporary. Obedience is a temporary measure, a temporary form of honor that lasts only as long as we are under the direct care of our parents and authority of our parents. So our childhood, our upbringing, from the ages of nothing to, well, until when you're out of, out of their care. I guess it can be any age, really. Until you're out of their care, it's a training. It's a training period um, that we go through. And a parent's training in obedience is returned in a lifelong honor. So, no, so how is it distinguished then, as I said, that we're going to talk about, how is it distinguished from honor in general? How is it distinguished from the overarching command that we're given in the beginning of Scripture? Biblically, the word honor comes from a Hebrew word called, or I'm going to botch this, it's called kabod, or kavod. The B is not a B, it's a V. Kavod. And it refers to weight or significance. This is the word for honor, kavod, weight or significance. To honor our parents, we attach great weight to them, great significance, great worth to them, great value to them. And a commentator says this, the point is that a child must not take his parents lightly. That would be the opposite of what the word means. To honor our parents means we attribute great weight and significance to them. So we are not to take or think of them lightly. They are regarded with great seriousness and value. And we can learn what honor looks like by examining the passages that describe the judgments befailing those who dishonor their parents, which I alluded to in week one. These are the passages from Leviticus chapter 20 and Proverbs chapter 30 that talks about the punishment for dishonor, for not valuing, for taking lightly our relationship with our parents. So children who dishonor their parents are rebellious and resistant to the discipline that would lead them out of that rebellion. It can take different forms, verbal or, or whatever, just straight rebellious, not doing what they're told, not obeying in any form, cursing their parents maybe, um, violent toward them maybe. And scripture says that there's serious judgment for these people that take lightly, that place little value on their parents. If we turn to the New Testament, we find dishonor may take the form of refusing to care for our parents or provide for their physical or monetary needs even. We see in Mark chapter 7, Jesus rebuking the Pharisees when they're basically virtue signaling the kind of people that they are and forsaking their parents. Jesus rebukes them. He says, don't you remember the commandment, honor your father and mother? They disregard their parents. They place little value on them. Literally. They're not providing for their needs. So to honor our parents, we're to respect and revere them, to speak well of them. We're going to talk a little bit about these things in just a second. Um, to speak well of them, to not speak evil about them, to treat them with kindness, gentleness, dignity, to hold them in high esteem when we, when we talk about them, to give them their due when we're talking to them or talking about them. We're to ensure that they are cared for and even to make provisions for them, as I just alluded to when necessary. 
Honor is an attitude accompanied by action that says to our parents, you're worthy, you're valued, I value you, and this is how I'm showing that. You're the person God placed in my life, and so this is how I'm showing my appreciation for that. It's all bound up in this one word, kavod. We place great weight on that relationship and that role that they have in our lives. We have to consider the basic requirement of this fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. It's not obedience specifically. There's two reasons, I think, that we can um, see this. Eventually, we're no longer obligated to obey our parents. Um, And even before then, there are times we cannot and must not obey them if they encourage us to go against God, for example. Scripture is clear that any authority that tries to get us to act against God, we are to not obey that authority. It's one of the only times we're told not to submit to an authority, for that matter. So to disobey our parents when they are asking that could be a way of honoring them, I suppose. There comes a time when obeying parents is no longer appropriate. The task of parents is to raise children to become independent, to function outside of parental authority, to transition out, as James alluded to, of that caregiver role that we expect them to have in our lives. In most cases, the parent-child relationship is permanently altered at marriage when we leave the father and the mother and cling to this person we're joining in union with. So as the child becomes more independent out of that caregiver role, we leave oversight and authority to command to obey them at that point. No longer owing obedience in the same way or to the same degree, but still called to honor nonetheless. His basic command to us is not obedience to our father and mother because obedience ends. And that's natural and that's good. So the fifth commandment doesn't say obey, it says honor. Because honor never ends. It never ends for our parents. And that even encompasses situations when unhealthy parental relationships, parental child relationships are taking place. We are still called to honor those relationships hard as they may be. And some of us have to wrestle with that definitely more than others. We're not without a biblical model for honor and obedience. We see them both perfectly displayed in Christ. Though he was God, he was born to earthly parents that he willingly, joyfully, and perfectly honored and obeyed. We see his childhood obedience in Luke chapter 2. When he goes away, but then returns to them. Luke chapter 2 verse 51 says, He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them, or obeyed them. And his mother stored up all these things in her heart. We see his honor when in the moments before his death, he ensured provision for his mother. You guys might recall, he basically handed off care of his mother to his disciple. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. 
And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. John chapter 19, 26 and 27. And as Jesus honored and obeyed his earthly mother and father, he also honored and obeyed God the Father. In all he did, he spoke well, he revered, he placed value and glory on his Father. He directed all of this to him. He carried out his will. He obeyed in all things. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, even to the point of death, even death on the cross. If we want our children to understand honor and obedience, we have to model to them Christ. We have to share and show them Christ. Without losing a trace of autonomy or dignity, Jesus honored and obeyed both parents. And he, of course, is always the person we look to when we're looking for how to model our lives after, who to model our lives after. I mentioned a couple times that honoring parents is a form of honoring all authority, including, of course, God. It's respect for parents that's the basis for every other kind of respect to and of authority. There's no ending point to this commandment. We're honoring our parents all throughout our lives, childhood and adulthood. So what honor does God intend for us to give to our parents? I have a few. I have a few examples or ways in which we can honor them. Maybe the most important way we can honor our parents is to forgive them. That might be a weird one to hear off the top. The fact is, there's no perfect parents. Not even me. I try. All parents fall short. All parents fail their kids. Josh likes to remind every newborn kid in the church of that. Or maybe it's his own personal vow to them. I think both, maybe. I'm going to fail you, but God won't. There are no perfect parents. Our parents sin against us, even. Sometimes they make unwise decisions when they're caring for us. Maybe they have unrealistic expectations for us. Maybe they say and do things that have left us with trauma, with wounds. For that reason, children enter adulthood controlled by anger and bitterness. There's no honor there. There's no honor to be found there when we stay there. We find ourselves unable to move past our parents' mistakes or our parents' sin. But we can best honor, or one way we can honor our parents is in forgiving them. And this is only possible when we understand who our God is, who our Savior is. We see Jesus' willingness to forgive the ones that wound him. Even the seconds that it's happening as he's nailed to a cross, he asks God to forgive these people. Standing at the foot of the cross and considering a Savior, how can we withhold forgiveness to our own parents? A father who sends his son to the cross so that mankind can be forgiven, who are we to withhold and keep with us bitterness and anger? We honor our parents by extending the same grace and forgiveness to them. So forgiving is one way that we can honor our parents. Another way that we can 
I alluded to is speaking well of them, or at the very least, if that's hard for you, not speaking evil of them. Because it's true. It's hard to speak well for some people of their parents who do not do right by them, who have traumatized them, who have abused them. It's hard to speak well of those people. But what we can do is not speak evil about them. We live in a time when it's considered noble to air grievances, right? It's considered therapeutic, therapeutic to air our dirty laundry. We're literally giving this big living thing called social media where we can post about any number of things. It becomes a platform for us to complain. We don't even think twice before telling the world exactly what we think about X, Y, and Z. And we live in a time where the accepted psychology isn't to confess and repent of our own sin, but to shift the blame to people, oftentimes the target being our parents. I'm this way because dad. I'm this way because mom. There's no personal accountability, no personal ownership, no personal repentance of our own sin. It's easier just to shift blame. If you want to know more about that, from a biblical standpoint, you can check out Jay Adams when he compares secular psychology to a biblical one. But the Bible warns us that we owe honor and respect to all authorities God has placed over us, Romans 13. It warns us that our words have the power to extend honor and dishonor. If our words have the power to extend honor to people, then the, the converse is also true. We can dishonor people with our words. And the Old Testament penalty for that was harsh. It was the same penalty, the penalty for using your words to dishonor your parents in the Old Testament was the same penalty you would get for assaulting them physically. Death. The root sin is the same. It's tied up in dishonor. To curse parents or to strike parents is to violate the command to honor them. It does the opposite. It dishonors them. To speak evil, to speak harshly about our parents, to blame our parents. It's because my parents that these things are wrong in my life. And though we don't live through that law, through the Old Testament law, it still shows us how serious God takes that relationship and how serious He wants us to place value on that relationship. To speak evil on our parents is not something we're ever given license to do in Scripture. You can't find that in there. If there's nothing positive to say, maybe just control your tongue and don't say anything. This is hard. As I said, this is hard because some parents don't make it easy. But nonetheless, we're to not dishonor them in our words, no matter what. Another way to show honor to our parents is to give them esteem. Is to, you know, esteem them, revere them, give them credit for things. A parent's desire is to see how they've impacted their children. 
how their children are a reflection of their own strengths, how hopefully their children have not adopted their weaknesses. I think that's all of our goal as parents. We hope that they take the best of us and are discerning enough to leave the bad parts behind. And, you know, we pray for that. I do. But our, a parent's goal is to see them, and we'll talk about this next week, we're going to talk about legacy next week. A parent's goal is to see the child take their strengths and progress with them, to move forward in a better way, and to know that they had a role in that. So as you think about your parents, do you give them that? Because that's really rewarding. I just had a conversation with my dad this week. A hard conversation. But there was that involved. And I'd never said that to him. And that was hard for, not hard for him to hear, that was good for him to hear. It's, an, it's a source of encouragement when we give this kind of honor to our parents, knowing that they did something that was to our ultimate benefit. Do we let them know that? For some of us, that's hard. We're not especially vulnerable people or communicative people. But do you take opportunities to give that glory to your parents? It's a simple measure, but one that, one that fills them up. As I said, it's a great source of fulfillment. We honor our parents by the way that we seek wisdom from them. Seeking wisdom through our own life's trials. The Bible constantly associates youth with folly and age with wisdom. As a general, as a general. Proverbs 20, Proverbs all over, you can find this. Job chapter 12 tells us that those who've lived longer lives have generally accumulated greater wisdom. So do we lean into our parents for wisdom? Do we seek their counsel? Not that you have to take it, but do you seek it? Do you give them your ear when you're going through something? Do you allow them that in your life? Remember, we're not called to obey them anymore once we grow out of that role, that caregiver role, or caretaker role, however perspective you want to see it from. But we can still seek wisdom. We should be doing that with all people, all like-minded people. But do we seek their wisdom? Do we give them our ear? Do we give them that level of honor? Do they deserve that from you? In some cultures, this is expected or accepted. And it's also, you know, pendulum swung there. But either way, it honors our parents when we seek wisdom from them, when we seek their counsel, when we give them our ear in times of trial. I mentioned at the top that we honor our parents by supporting them. David, at a low point in his life, weighed down by cares and attacked by enemies, um, is someone I think about. In this context, he cried out to God in Psalms chapter 71, do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. 
David feared this combination of age and isolation as he grew older and alone. And that's a real human struggle. When we're young, we gain strength and long for independence, but the opposite happens. There's a trade-off that happens as we grow old. A passing of the baton as our parents become feeble, losing independence. So we honor them by giving them the assurance that we will not forsake them, that we will not forget about them. Just as they cared for us, we should be willing to care for them. The Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy, I think it is, commands this of Timothy. He says, make sure this is happening. If family is not taking care of the widows, their family members that are in need in this way, their parents, then they are worse than unbelievers, he says. So we honor our parents when we do not forsake them in their old age, when we do not forget them. This is a hard one for us Westerners because we have nursing homes. And that's just easier. But it's not, it's not normal for many cultures of the world, maybe most. The reason why COVID hit some countries so hard is because they lived in multi-generational houses. Grandmas and grandpas and great-grandmas because they saw it was their duty to be taking care of those people. That's biblical. So we honor them by not forsaking them as they grow old. There's a passing of the baton, as I said. We become their caretakers. And finally, we can honor our parents by providing for them financially. I just mentioned in 1 Timothy 5 the same thing. To not take care of them, to not forsake them, is, or to forsake them, rather, would be in line with a non-believer, Paul says. In scripture, commentary over the years, over the decades, is unanimous on this point. When, God, when children are young, God expects parents to provide for them. But when parents grow old, it is then that role and responsibility that becomes reversed. One commentator says, Christian sons and daughters are responsible for the financial care of widows and, as the text expands it, of their helpless parents and grandparents. Not that they're, you know, helpless, but they can't take care of themselves like they once could. So we are to step in and be that for them. That's a level of honor that we show them. Once again, consider Jesus' rebuke of the Pharisees that we see in the gospel. Gospels, when they refuse to care for their parents. And as I said, it's, it's one of those ones that kind of deeply cuts against the Western grain because of how we treat old people here. We isolate ourselves from everyone, including our own family, including our own parents when they become old. But God calls us all to honor our parents and to refuse to dishonor them. And he is harsh when dishonor occurs. 
He calls us to honor them as an outworking of honoring him. And he calls us to be people who respect his sovereignty by respecting the authorities he placed in our lives in our parents. So I have some questions for you guys to discuss this week. Just three. I normally have like five run-on questions. First, the first question has to do with how the transition was for you. What was the transition out of direct obedience like for you? Was there struggle in that aspect of your relationship with your parents? Knowing, you know, when to obey, not to obey, how to honor still even though I'm not obeying. What was that transition like for you? Maybe you're going through it now. Maybe you went through it already. Maybe your kids are going through it now. What was that experience like for you? Secondly, how are you honoring your parents? For many of us, we're out of that role of being called to obey. How are you showing and placing that value that they deserve, that weight, that significance? How are you showing and giving that to them? And then to follow that up, is there a particular aspect of honor that we mentioned today that you want or need to grow in, whether it has to do with honoring them through forgiveness, through your speech, through the counsel you seek, through how you support or care for them? Is there a particular aspect of how you show honor that you want to grow in?